to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. Today's Tenuous Links Golf Podcast is brought to you by the Adidas Code Chaos. There's a new golf shoe in town and it's shaking things up like a cocktails and dreams bartender, rattling cages like the Ebola monkey, and turning heads faster than Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Code Chaos combines the dream trio of light, waterproof, and comfort. Just what you want in a modern-day golf shoe, plus a little bit of X-Factor. Code Chaos comes in a range of colours and styles, including a high top with a boa lacing system that Phil just absolutely loves. If you're looking to ruffle some feathers in your foursome, check out Code Chaos on the Adidas website at adidas.com slash golf. Okay, lads, it's time again to welcome our random swing theorist, Philbert, and our head of production on all things golf barons, Davin. Hello, men of the gentle variety. Happiness, good to be here. Good to see you boys on my MacBook Pro. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow! Well, surprised hey. it wasn't the, the quick story, the quick story. It hasn't been plugged yet. <laughs> it is <laughs> my, my long depth. What I added the yeah. brand new MacBook Pro. There'll be plenty of episodes of Golf Barons cut together on this computer, and it is a beauty. Outstanding from you, Dave. That's too. It's too much love there. That's not how we kick things off. Give us, <laughs> give us. You know what, Phil? I want to throw to you. Give us a hate. You're looking a little angry this week. Which is amazing, given that permission we have we have got permission to launch and launch a golf ball off the tee, and my hate is messing with human emotions, and by that I mean the denial. One thing that has occurred to me more and more is that what we didn't want permission to play golf. We wanted to be told that we couldn't. We, we wanted to be told, to be told we were allowed couldn't. to. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah. we just wanted the ability to play golf and not be told that we can't. Because the reality is, is there's a lot of people who were desperate to play golf who haven't rushed out and got their golf hit, but they've all, all right, hand up, thank you, Dama. <laughs> but they all feel a lot more relaxed at the fact that they can if they yeah. wanted to and would so choose to wander out onto the links. Absolutely. That, and that's, I'm probably in that category, Phil, whereas you know, last week we're down, here, down here in Victoria we were told, oh, you're allowed to go out and play golf now with all the conditions and all the rest of it. And we haven't all rushed out to play, but it's just one of those things where don't tell us we can't do something that is ludicrous that we can't do, which we've already talked about in previous podcasts. And I think you might, Dan, I mean, this is the interesting thing from Easy. a Victorian point of view, is that it's how to become the most hated awesome person in history because so, whoa, we've whoa, still whoa, got- sorry, What? <laughs> the what most hated awesome person. The, the reality yeah. is, is that awesome? with all the angst, there's this point where, yeah, again, messing with human emotions, where he's taken us to the depth of, of despair by saying, you can't, you can't. And the minute he announces you could, it was like everyone, he made an announcement and everyone opened bottles of champagne <laughs> or Coca-Cola. And it was like, oh, you're such a great guy letting us play golf. No, you deprived us of the right. <laughs> and I don't forget, I don't forget a phone. I'm like an elephant, Phil. <laughs> a large trunk. Anyway, Davman, any <laughs> any hates of yours? Phil, good hate, by the way, Phil, because I agree with you. Well, yes, my, my my hate. Ordinarily, I'm I'm actually a bit of a Novak fan. I, I Novak Djokovic. I like the way he plays. I like the way he breaks hearts on the tennis court. But he came out recently and said that if the ATP Tour made a requirement that they all get a COVID-19 vaccine should one become available, they would be required to do that for the tour to be returned to normal. And he came out and said that he would not 
he would not get a vaccine and therefore, uh, I guess, throw into question whether the sport can go back in its full capacity. And, and it, it made me think, you know, what is, you know, what, should his position be more geared towards trying to get the sport back, back up and running or should he just reveal himself as a anti-vaxxer and deserves all the criticism and uh, slandering, uh, no doubt, coming his way. He's a rabid anti-vaxxer. He's a rabid anti-vaxxer. This one's a tricky one for me, Dav, because I, for one, you know, you know me, I'm pretty very, very science-based as a, as a human and, and very medically based in the, you know, so I'm very much for, yes, we should be getting vaccines. These vaccines are here for a reason. They are protective for a whole range of reasons, which you, you don't need to be a, a, you know, a rocket scientist to, to see how effective they've been over time historically. But I'm also a libertarian in a very big way, which you've probably known as well. So I, I think he has every right to refuse it as much as I think he's dumb for doing so. But again, that comes down to the question is, you know, in tennis, so I guess we're trying to reflect this into golf and, and how the PGA Tour would, would react to it. Exactly, yeah. As a, private, as a private company, Phil, do they not have a right to say we don't want to have liability issues with our other employees? Well, based on my legal background, Damien, and- uh, Which is looking my, over to the left and saying, legal? Is that all right? My very dear friend, Tree, just vomited. Um, I would think- I would think that they have every down, right. <laughs> I would think that they have- Oh, no, the fact that I have a legal background. I, I think that they would have every right to just say, well, this is a condition of employment, particularly if it relates to affecting other people also in their employees. So the duty of care to the mass- not to the individual, and it's not a moral duty of care. And I think we could, you know, this is talk about rabbit holes from a couple of weeks ago, Dev. Mm -hmm. This could go down the whole Israel Folau discussion. The whole I was actually about to say that to you, Phil, because you and I have very different takes on that. And it's a really, it is a fascinating one. But but for mine, and given the seriousness of, of this, and we look at 300,000 plus deaths globally and, and uh, in this pandemic, that if Tiger Woods said, if I have to have a vaccine to play and I don't want a vaccine, not that he said this, but if I have to have a vaccine to play and I choose not to have a vaccine, then what does the PGA Tour do? Do they change mm. the rules for Tiger or do they just have the courage of their convictions? And my but, gut feel is private. Yeah, the thing for me, Phil, is do they, can, can they, I guess, can you, and from a moral standpoint, can you as, a, as an employer or, or an organisation tell someone or force someone a, to, to do something physically to their body just because you're saying we have to do it. I mean, you could you could bring in the, the whole the whole Essendon saga here as well that, that seems like a lot of players were sort of forced into or coerced into doing something they otherwise probably wouldn't necessarily have done, I guess. But they're doing it in order to play, I guess. But some opted out. Some opted out. That's uh, the interesting one. thing about the Essendon is that, is that they opted out and it, it didn't affect one. their career. Zaharakis because mm -hmm. he was scared of uh, needles. It did affect his career. No, no, I, I would have thought he had a pretty healthy career even after that at, at Essendon, but he just had the courage of his convictions, but he wasn't, it, it wasn't mandated that unless you did this, you're mm. out. Yes, that's the point. Uh, well, yeah, okay, but there's, in this case, do you think, do you think it's, do you think that an organisation can force a player to have needles or things that they might think will hurt, will affect their health in time? Well, I think we've just got to treat sport like a giant daycare, you know, that's what it is. They're, they're there to play games. And uh, no jab, no play, basically. That's a lot, a lot of funding. <laughs> no jab, no play. <laughs> interesting. It's an interesting one, though, Dev. It's a, it's a good hate. Jeez, I love having you on board, Dev. 
I'm just, I'm just, I'm just bringing in the, the tangent conversations. I'm just taking it into another dimension, fellas. Well, I'm, I'm just going to take it up a level with my hate for this week, boys. So get ready. Uh, my hate is how infrequently we see shot tracing technology used in golf broadcasts. Shot, <laughs> shot tracer, pro tracer, whatever. I don't, I don't care. But I love that bloody line from where the ball starts to where the ball finishes and the flight yeah. in which it takes. And I don't care what color. Like I'm not even a colorist. I don't mind. I'll take a. I'll take a blue. I don't mind the old orange. Orange always looks all right. Hey, see how I turn something that I love, guys, yeah. into, into into my hate. That's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring it back to a hate, Trudor, because every time you try to ask me to add one of those to one of our videos, it riles up all kinds of fury within me. Because <laughs> I see. Yeah, I bought you texters. I bought you <laughs> texters. Yeah, I bought you a, a big pack of texters. I don't see the problem. Just draw it on the screen. I, I need to go to every screen in the world watching golf barons at the time. It's uh, it's not logistically convenient for me, Phil. Dave, are you suggesting there's going to be a lot of screens watching? It's very nice of you. Wow. I like it, Dave. Goodbye, you. It, it adds, but it adds that, like on a serious note, the, the shot tracer, it adds this purity of shot shape that's otherwise missed. Even for even when you're there, sometimes if you can't see all that far, you're going to miss miss that ball flight. And, and all players are pretty much using white balls. So, for me, I think it's – I mean, we see it a bit on the European tour coverage and also during some of the majors, but there's just not enough of it for mine, Phil. You know, ditch that – you know that, that shot we've had forever of the ball just in the air and <laughs> following the ball as the trees? Get rid of that. Get rid of that. More shot tracing on screen. It's a hate of mine. You've been planning this hate for six weeks or eight weeks now, Tana. <laughs> No, no, pretty much after we went in for our <laughs> for our last little edit and I saw how good it looked on screen, I went, damn it, I miss this. I want to see this more and more often. It just shows. But you, you know what it is for the average person? But what they will see is the breadth of shot making or, or styles of golf that make it on the pro tour because there are guys who hit it low with late, you know, late draws. There are guys who hit it high fades, just bomb fades. It's so different. It just shows – how incredible golf is that there's a thousand different ways to skin a cat and to see it on screen i think just it just lifts the coverage to another level and i have never i haven't met one person although i haven't asked you guys so i might it might change right now i haven't met anyone who's who watches golf who says that it takes away from it they they see it and go that's great i need to see more do, do, you, do you ever think a, a player will go back and watch the coverage later and see it and go that's nowhere near where my ball went. My ball <laughs> went in a completely different direction. They are making Damn. this stuff up. Damn, it is not a golf baron's video. It is real life. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Dave, because I sat in front of an edit with a, uh, a golf baron. <laughs> with a golf baron. Who said? Shout out to Andrew Dang. On a minute, that's just not where it went. And then upon slow it was. <laughs> it was where it went. <laughs> it was where it went. A little bit less. But it was the ultimate fade. <laughs> started slightly more left. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, it adds more. It adds a bit more excitement to an otherwise mundane coverage. And let's get on with let, let's let's get on with it, golf. Let's let's bring in some more of this stuff. I mean, you see all sorts of things with it, whether it's cricket, baseball. You watch NFL. It's brilliant the way that they you know they show how plays have happened. All that they um. So watching a golfer 
hit a ball and be able to tell you why it's done what it's done. <laughs> it's a learning. It's a learning process. It's visually really clear. I think it's, it's well. Awesome. I think that's so, that's the key. I mean, it's 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 a sport where you know. I guess once upon a time you'd see a person swing. You'd, you'd then see a close up of them looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. and then a poor cameraman just just racing around the sky looking for something. Now, yeah, but that that is it. one thing that I will say they've improved a lot is is the the camera operators ability to find the ball in the sky and stick to it is yeah, I don't I, I don't know how they do it I, to this day it's 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 phenomenal Dave, you just you got to keep your eye on the ball pal <laughs> on the belt and I, lo- I love that film I love that do you love that demo uh, do you know what I love do you know what I, I love I'd, I'd love to know what you love Phil I love the first tee shot after an enforced break <laughs> that's what I love <laughs> this is so much still a hate <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, no, it, it'll get to a hate. But I love the apprehension and I hate it. And I love the contact and I hate it because four right gallery. But what I loved about it, particularly with this enforced break, was the room for another random swing theory. And it's amazing how much you can work on your swing without hitting it's a amazing. golf ball. For si- it's amazing because <laughs> Kipper wanted me to say that. Yeah, it's um, but it's amazing how much, you know, you can work on your swing <laughs> You're in a bit of an enforced break in that because I managed to create myself a new random swing theory based on nothing and I had to put it into practice and that first tee shot was my chance to put it into practice. Let's just say I then went to my next random swing theory, but it was good while it lasted. That so is more the, swing theories, Phil. <laughs> That's your, that, that is, time for is the first tee the ultimate exam? Is it? Is it the, it's the ultimate mental exam? That's for sure. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It is the ultimate mental test, but it, it is not the, you know, there's a reason that you drive warm-up laps in F1 is to get a feel for the car and a feel for the road. So really the third tee shot, that's mm. the one that I lost and that's the one that was the ultimate test. That's right. the par three, Phil. <laughs> well, uh, it was a par four, but I decided not to look there yeah. just in case the snakes were still around, so I took my third provisional. So, so, so you sort of are, are you suggesting, Phil, that perhaps we should take a break from the game more often just to build that up? So I would have said no, and I would have said that that was one thing that I really hated. But as a, as per my hate, I, I didn't like being told that I wasn't allowed to play golf. But in hindsight, the break, like I went out, sure, we finished in the dark, but, you know, it was a great round of golf. And I hit some okay shots. I hit a lot of pretty ordinary ones. I learned that I can hit 998 metres if I need to with a full swing. <laughs> but, but but it's the idea of at least giving yourself just a mental break. And you, you look at the best players in the world, they take six weeks off and don't hit a golf ball for six weeks and they come back talking about how refreshed they are. I don't mm. ever want it to happen again. Yeah, but, for, but Phil, that's the difference. Those guys do it as a job. So they've had six weeks oh. off from a job. You're, ta- you're saying let's take <laughs> off time from the thing that we want to take time off for. But, <laughs> see, makes see, a lot of sense. I've, I've filled in for, for, for many domestic basketball teams, okay? Since, Why since- does this always come back to <laughs> basketball? But, uh, but, uh, but uh, there is a point to this because – and it's usually, it's usually a game played after quite a long break without touching a ball, and I will – Invariably, and I hate the use of the word invariably, but it is invariable. This happens every time. (laughs) I will have a blinder. I will have a blinder and they'll think I'm the greatest player that ever lived. And they'll want me to play again. And 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 I and and I won't be able to play at that level again. They will be they will be over me by game three. But but game one 
I'll well, that's a fitness back. thing, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, I, surely I'm getting fitter as the set, but I'll, I will shoot the lights out when I haven't touched the ball for that long, and I can't explain why. The first time I touch a ball, and I wonder whether it's the same with golf. I've never been good at golf. So yeah, golf's, the, cla- so golf's the classic thing, though. Golf is the classic thing where you go away for a month or two, a couple of months, mm-hmm. come back, and you play, and you you do invariably play better. Dad, <laughs> it, oh God, you'll talk to a lot of people who will tell you um, anecdote, anecdotally that that's the case. And I think it, I think that, however, is more to do with just not having those ex- those expectations on yourself. Yeah, I think it's that simple. Because there's no way in a game that is such a finite game where you've, the margin for error is so tiny yeah. that having all that time away from it could, could possibly improve you. It just couldn't. And it's it's one of the, I guess it's one of those things where you can practice too much when you elevate your own expectations about your performance to the point where you put unnecessary pressure on the execution of that skill. You know, you say, "Well, I've I've just spent the last I've spent forty hours this week working on this one shot." This better bloody work, and it never will. Yeah. It will. It never will. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Now, Phil, at, at the risk of this becoming a little bit too cerebral, Dad, have you got a <laughs> uh, have you got a love this week? My love actually follows on a little bit from from Phil's. The first swing from a break, particularly a break similar to this one, and the comedic irony surrounding the most vocal of the protesters to the break, and they finally get on the tee. Well. Was that, was that us by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm reasonably certain I saw a clip of Sam Newman hitting his first tee shot this week, and <laughs> he 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 probably isn't the fir- the person I would have put up as the the poster boy for <laughs> getting golf back <laughs> into full swing because it, it was average. It was average. So oh, the swing was ordinary. The but, swing. But that's it, isn't. But that's the thing about golf, though. We love it regardless of how good or how poor we play it. How poorly we play it. I just know that if I was gonna if I was gonna publicly bang on about how much just don't video how much I'm being <laughs> deprived of the game the the, yeah. the impression is that you've you've actually got some skill level about you a golf baron's edit might have been handy there is all you're saying <laughs> could have been the second or third take the second or third take probably would have been good. <laughs> But it's the right. That's why he was celebrating the right. And I know this is the point, but it, it, he just wanted to celebrate the right. And and I can tell you that under the pressure of a spotlight, someone's probably whispered in his ear, "People, Philly." And Sam's <laughs> just and Sam's just gone to water. <laughs> there was there was a bit and of drizzle. There was a bit of drizzle. He had he had the, he had the brolly out. So to be fair, there was plenty going on. Lots of I don't know. I think I think you're being kind. Yeah, good love, Dave. It's it's always funny when uh, art imitates life. Anyway, moving along, I'm going to give you my love, boys. Now, I love shot traces, which we've already touched on. That's not what I'm talking about this time. Around. Tell you what, I love. I love a good nickname, a good nickname, and the origins from whence it came. And uh, you know, you've got the classics in golf. You've got the the slam and Sam Snee, Golden Bear for Jack Nicholas, Phil Black. You know, the Black Knight. For Gary Player, a little bit racist, but the King Arnie, Arnie, the King, because he was an absolute, absolute legend. He was regal in the way he played. Then you get to the eighties and the nineties, and you had who'd you have? You had uh, Norman, great, great white shark, the Big Easy, hard one to explain at a bar in the wee hours of the morning. Boom, boom, Fred Couples, kind of following on from the Big Easy. You've got, but these names are great. Like I just love a nickname and hearing the origins behind it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a few, a few nicknames at you, and you probably know who they are. Fine, but I want to see if you know how they got them. 
So an easy one. E- easy one. Easy one for Legal. you. Legal. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> e- easy one. Easy one. That's been vetted. Don't worry. First one, El Nino. El Nino. Pretty easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do you want me to give you the me. answer yeah, or I, just I, I, the origins of the name? Has it got something to do well, with the Pacific Ocean? Give me, give me a bit of both. Give me, well, <laughs> give me a bit of both. <laughs> It's obviously Sergio. Sergio well, it's obviously Garcia. Sergio, and and my understanding of El Nino is just because he was a he was a whirlwind. He was a breath of fresh air. Very good by you. Whirlwind was the word I was looking for. Everyone playing at home, give yourself a pat on the back. That's one point. Fuzzy Zeller. I didn't see it. This was a new one to me as to why he was called Fuzzy. Do you know why? You take it for granted. You thought it was his actual name, didn't you, Phil? Come on, confess. <laughs> no, he's no. I knew his name was Reginald. No, Frank. Nice try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Fuzzy, Frank Urbanzella, F-U-Z. Fuzzy. You said these were good. <laughs> no, but I'm just, do you not find it interesting? El Pato. Who's El, who's El Pato? Ah, yes, yes. yes. Angel? Angel Cabrera. What, why is he called but El Pato? That is, a, that is a really good one. That's do a you cracker. Speak, do you speak do, Spanish? I, well, you know being, I being, Spanish. Being, that I'm a, being, being that I'm Italian and I don't speak Italian, probably not, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> If it looks like a duck. <laughs> exactly. Very good. So, El Pato, meaning duck in Spanish for the Argentinian. I nearly got that wrong, Phil. <laughs> walks like a duck. He waddles when he walks deaf. So, they call him El Pato, which means duck in Spanish. Magnificent. Here's a good one. The walrus, you obviously know. Craig Stadler, Phil. Do you know, do you know what his son Kevin's called? If his, no, old man's, if his old man's walrus, he's slightly smaller. Smallrus. Small That's, not That's amazing. <laughs> it is small risk. That Seal. is fantastic. <laughs> Chucky three sticks. Chucky three sticks is, an ob- is a pretty easy one, but I just love it. I don't know why. Come on, Phil. Oh. No, I've never heard that. Chucky. Chucky. Short nickname for Charles. Chuck someone. Charles. Chucky Three, sticks. three sticks. Charles Howe, the third. <sighs> wow, you're no good at this. Double D. <laughs> this is one you're both going to love. The survey says. Because <laughs> it's double D. <laughs> but- Caddy nicknames. Okay, I know we're going on here, but caddy nicknames is actually some no, we're not. Obviously, you know about Fluff Cowan. Um, he was actually named after someone else who, who he resembled another player, not actually for his fluffy mustaka. But Tommy Bennett. Do you know Tommy Bennett? Augusta National Tony Caddy. Bennett. Wait for this. Augusta National Caddy burned his leg as a kid trying to steal baked biscuits from his grandma. So what do they call him? Forever, forever, and ever. Since then, Burt Biscuits. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. Steve Duplantis, seemingly fireproof, so they called him. Could, couldn't get fired by, even though he was, he'd love to get out, you know, and party, get on the, get on the gas. Asbestos, fireproof. <laughs> I love that, and it just remind. I, I just love a good nickname. It reminds me of this kid, of this guy growing up. We met only ever knew him as Grav. Only ever knew him as Grav. A mate of a mate for years. One day, finally asked the guy, "Hey, why, why is he called Grav?" Oh, that's easy. When he was when he was seven, he was on his mo- on his BMX, went around a corner, slipped over, got some gravel in his neck. <laughs> How is that a nickname? Oh, these, oh, anyway. So nicknames for me, Phil. I love them. Moving along, we we uh, we clearly look, have given it, it, me next to nothing. Good nickname at school. We had a guy called Alf. His name yeah. wasn't Alf. It was short for Alphabet because his name had twenty six letters. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. How good! I just love it. I love it. Should have been your love, Dev. <laughs> Game changers, Phil. Change it up for us. What have, what have you? I tell you, my game changer is going to start with a question. So it's not really a game changer, but it's something that that I was asked today. Yeah, and why, I want why some make opinions. topics that we stick to? Yeah, I'd like some opinions. So you're playing golf. Let's say you're playing with a friend of yours, and you were newish to the game, and you were concerned that you were slowing up the group behind. 
So you invite them doing the right thing from an etiquette point of view, a bit of antiquity. You invite them to play through. Now, one, have you ever known a group to say, no, no, we're fine, when there was a big gap in front of the group that's invited them to play through? And secondly, what would you do and what advice could you give this particular night? Dav, I'll jump in. Have I ever had it only once with a guy playing as a single who didn't want to play through? And he was just playing at several balls and just was obviously just pretty cruisy and enjoying his time out there. What would you do? How, how are they not playing through? Because they're tailgaters. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. See, that's not, so, that's not social distancing. <laughs> that's, uh, no, this is genuine. There are laws, there are laws against tailgating. I, I, it's, you're constantly playing the game, looking in the review mirror. It's not on. I can't stand it. And I generally say, <laughs> I generally say, Unless you want to stand on the tee watching me look for a ball for 10 minutes, which is going to happen in about three minutes, maybe you guys go through. Uh, how about that? <laughs> because it, Phil, it, okay. it's, it's just unnecessary pressure, particularly for someone that sucks the way that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, is it, is it fair to say that the people in question were, how do we say this uh, in a PC world, reasonably well constructed? Well, they were female. <laughs> I'm glad I cut you off there. I mean, yeah, there's you. no question that so they were they were female, but I'm not sure that that we'd like to think that shouldn't have mattered. And I was trying to explain, in a sense, that oh maybe they just were really enjoying their time and they had to go back to their normal lives, mm. and therefore they wanted to make it last as long as possible. Mm. But therefore, you would think you would drop back, and so that there was absolutely no pressure as opposed to provide a number of opportunities to, to play through. And they were invited to play through on more than one occasion. And it occurred to me that are they therefore in the order of shit blokes? Well, I was going to say, are they just are they just filthy, pervy blokes that we have no time for? So so therefore, if they were pervy blokes, can we provide some advice? Because I, I guaranteed guidance as a result of this. Okay. Guidance <laughs> would be, let's see, what's what really drives me mad on the golf? I don't know. Could they just not turn around and hit a ball at them? <laughs> like sideways. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what is the – I mean, how do you guys approach a, a ball that has been hit from the group behind when they, when they obviously haven't waited long enough? What's, what's the general – take their ball and, and, and throw it into the bushes – Push. The, no, I think you never you never pick up a ball. I mean, <laughs> feels good enough. Okay, so you Phil's just stomp so it into the ground then. Yeah, pretty much. Phil's feet are so long; it looks like he's still six meters away. So he can just he can just take a, a casual stride and uh, so, and he can think, embed that ball nice and deep. I don't think either of you are taking this seriously enough, and it's a bit disappointing <laughs> because I was expecting some highbrow answers. Because the the one thing that I suggested is that they actually just sit down on the next tee. And don't move. And don't yeah, move. just, just wait for them to get there. Once the guys get there, if you're waiting there and a group comes up, they're not just going to not play through. So th that's the oh. easy answer, Phil. We were trying to give you something more entertaining. <laughs> fake, 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 fake a phone call. Me nothing. Fake an important phone call. Say, guys, I've got to take this. You, you guys better play through. And away you go. Well, the other consideration was the <laughs> lift the phone up to the ear and give it the, uh, Rocco, are you in the area, by the way, any chance with the boys? From the banditos, because I've got four blokes behind me that are starting to annoy me, <laughs> or any outlaw motorcycle club who, in fact, are not, they're just a social club and not an outlaw motorcycle club. Oh, dear. Oh, hang legal on. Is There's legal a roaring of some Harleys. In. <laughs> We're in all sorts. Black cars but out. Harley's in. I'm in. We're going to quickly move on from that. <laughs> Can I go to my quick jank? I'll just go back to my original yes. game changer, given the fact you've given me nothing. Uh, Rake-free bunkers are here to stay, gentlemen. Game oh, changers. No, Peter no. Thompson's dream has come to fruition. The fear of watching a ball, hitting a ball, and watching it sail towards a bunker 
is going to be more painful and fear-evoking than ever before. And rake-free bunkers are just, hey, what, what, rake them with your feet and move out and let's get on with it. Well, as long as, long as see, that's the problem though, because if, if people don't rake it half the time with a rake, they're not going <laughs> to rake it with their foot. That's the point. It's a hazard. No, I'm but the point is, Phil, so it. the point is, in other words, that you have, a, have an advantage playing earlier in the day than later in the day. That's ridiculous. First group can't, have, di- can't have different rules for different, play- different people. Of course you then. Grass grows. You are a clown of the highest. <laughs> no, no, you talk grass. to people playing last round, listen, last no, round at Augusta no, listen, in Christ, the Masters. This is rubbish. What, what, no. <laughs> you, you cannot, you cannot honestly tell me that, <laughs> that you're going to get rid of get rid of rakes entirely or the raking of a bunker, and tell me that it's the same same game for someone to hit a ball in a spot where it's just been someone's just shuffled their way down to get ready to get out of the bunker, left it, walked out. You're now you're now got the worst lie possible because some moron before you doesn't know how to rake rake a bunker. As opposed to a badly raked bunker. No, because if someone's in a bunker and the action of getting the rake and doing the raking is quite an obvious action. So you are seen if you don't do it, it's obvious you haven't done it. You do it with you your feet, you can you just don't, pretend you're shuffling. But you don't pay a penalty for it. You don't call the group in front and you say, hey, you owe me two shots because you didn't rake the bunk properly. No, I, no I you think, don't. No, that's the point. So if someone chooses not to rake a bunker properly, but you wouldn't see know. your footprints in it the you whole time. You wouldn't know. But how would you know who did it? Could be four groups. Why do you need to know? You're not, you're not making a lot of sense. I'm saying if people see you not, not raking a bunker, they know you've not raked a bunker because it's an obvious action. If you're in the bunker and you can just pretend to, fl- to shovel it with your with your feet and not actually do it, you can still look like you've you've raked the bunker, even though you have. We obviously we obviously need bunker cam. We obviously need bunker cam. Every there course. we go. There's the game changer. And, bunker cam. And you just get a visit at the next tee, saying, "No, no, no, back you go, back you go." Maybe we need drones. <laughs> and while we'll, they're taking just stock standard drone footage and drone still shots of golf course. Surely we like can put sensors surely we can put sensors in a bunker when we and then the sensors detect feet are in the bunker, then <laughs> the rake then the rake going? needs to have sensors as well and it's been gripped and moved and then everything is okay. If two sensors <laughs> the rake depth. I want to come back to <laughs> Phil's like Phil's uh, drone idea. But drones with ex- with extendable arms, and if you don't rake the bunker as you step out, it picks you up, takes you back to the first tee, drops you down, says, "Nah, nah start again, <laughs> start again." What about preferred lies then, Damo? Is that is that a good enough solution? No raking, yeah. but you get a preferred lie. Yeah, that'll do. It. That'll do it for me. You yep. beauty, moving win. on. That's, That's a win. Game That's a win. <laughs> that will change the game. Tick my game changer this week, boys. Real life shot traces. <laughs> so you just need a ball. That, you need you need a ball that leaves a trail. That's all you need. Thank you. You have, you're That's looking. It feels like you. It feels like you. <laughs> we've talked about this already, Dad, which we strangely haven't. But or balls with lights. Something. Something just to show balls that. Tra- I don't know. I don't know how to do this. Show us that, the benefits what about of it, this. Do you remember the old vortex? You know, the, when you'd throw it at yeah. and it would and it would whistle. <laughs> yeah, a ball, a ball yes. that whistles. You know, That's at least an, an, an audio and audio but with color. But a colour whistle somehow. <laughs> Can someone? Did anyone listen to our last podcast? Am I the only one who listened to our dribble last podcast? Yeah, no, I didn't. Listen. Augmented reality: you put your phone next to your ball when you hit off. No, and as soon as you hit, no, you look at your Phil, phone and it. Phil, well, it yeah, needs that, to be live. You need to see it. You need action, with your you own eyes. You want to see oh, it? In your, it'll just lift. It'll lift the game. It'll um, the benefit. You'll lose a lot fewer balls. Obviously, See, because and if the trail you, showing it where it has landed. You get a better understanding of your And of I'm your telling days. you, 
This is Shooter. You, 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 you scoffed at my augmented reality when it came to brontosauruses. This is how you bring. This is this is not even up to date with their names. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what did they You're discover? What did they discover to remove the brontosaurus? Like these, all these animals are extinct. Uh, does it matter what you call them? Why did they change the name? Why did they change the name? It was a they copyright issue. They changed the name because they found that they, they weren't two different uh, dinosaurs and the one that was uh, found first, uh, it was the same dinosaur, therefore its name stayed. Not that difficult. Ah, uh, so first in, first it got dibs. First in FIFO. and yes. It's well, a FIFO. I, I, dinosaurs I, are a FIFO situation. See, They're first in, first out. I think, I think it should have been more like an Uber situation where it wasn't the first to market but became the most popular <laughs> so everyone so was with the Uber. Best? Yeah, okay. doesn't matter. Good, whatever was whatever was first to market, it doesn't matter. Although I'd still go, I'd go with Patasaurus. I still, I still prefer the name. Brontosaurus is more it's famous. My gear it wins. I feel like you but, guys but, are taking away from my game no, changing. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you because this is where augmented reality can come into play. You put the goggles. No, on but it's got to be real. And, and then, real. And, <laughs> and then you'll get your stream. You'll get your. You'll get your. What is it? The, the, the ball line. What? What? What are they? Called? The ball line. The ball. I don't. The yeah, ball streak. Yeah, the ball, the, the ball, tracing. Ball, the shot tracking. Tracking. tracing. tracing shot tracing. Yes. That, that, it'll that jazz is, up. It'll jazz up the excitement on course, boys. It's tenfold. It really will. And it'll be educational and exhilarating, Phil. All the reality will bring it in for you. It'll make it happen for you. You'll be able to work out what your shot shape is for this day because you and I both know that some days you're going to fade it more than others or you draw, or maybe you get a little draw on it or whatever it might be or a snap hook if you feel. There's all sorts of – you'll be able to work it out quickly what you're doing and play to it on the day. Much more enjoyable rounds of golf. It's got to happen. Someone's got to do it. I've got to find – does anyone know uh, Elon Musk's number? We've got to make this happen, boys. It's an outstanding <laughs> idea. It will change games. He'll just, he'll just suggest over. tunnels. That's all he'll suggest. Do you know what we need to do? As a game changer, we need to now come up with some material that brings all the listeners back who actually just went and made a cup of tea. So they did it. No, <laughs> our listeners didn't go and make a cup of tea. They went and, drinking and tea they, 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 they went and uh, uh, organized a bunch of patents on all our quality ideas. <laughs> Thank you, Davin. And uh, we're going to have to look over at legal and get them working, get the whole legal department working very quickly. Very quickly. Anyway, there's my game changer for the week. It feels it feels like Phil wasn't on board for it, so I'm going to have to just ignore him and move over to Dav. Dav, any game changes? Is there anything? Well, I think I've been inspired by coronavirus, the COVID nineteen. They need to bring out the COVID nineteen ball. So, so we all we're all familiar with the COVID logo. Okay, the the brand image of COVID. It's a golf ball with 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 spikes. It's a golf ball with little springs. Can we work this technology into golf balls? Ooh. Get a bit of extra yeah. distance. Get a bit of extra. Yeah. Get a bit of extra pop. A bit of extra zip. Have have things growing out of the ball. Well, it sounds add, like add, if, they spin, <laughs> add, if they spin, if they, get, if they can get this to market, David, it sounds like it will spread like wildfire. <laughs> Dev, there is a golf ball that a couple of years ago. Oh, you're you're doing it to you're me it. again, Phil, aren't you? They're all about great ideas have already been invented. He's such a negative. I, I just, I, 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 I presented a golf ball to a friend of mine a couple of years ago, whose immediate yeah, response, yeah, yeah. and I mean immediate, was, you know, if you see a doctor, they'll give you an injection to get rid of that. <laughs> and and as Damo, as we discovered, it's not alone now on the market. This. COVID, COVID golf ball. Well, the irony, the irony of all this thing. Well, you hit the COVID we, off it. When, when we were in down in King Island, I had, because I knew I was going to need some extra balls, I did take some balls that, that I had, which were, what are they, Phil? The, the picks. The made picks, TP5s, great balls. 
but they were known as the Corona Balls. And whenever anyone found one of my lost ones on the, <laughs> on the during the round, I'd get a photo on my phone. Say, Is this one of your Corona Balls? Yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> topical cream. It's either a topical cream or an injection. It surely must get this stuff off the cover. <laughs> no, you'd think that it was not the best timing for it. But anyway, anyway, it's we've we've delved into gear effect. Accidentally here, Phil. It has been accidentally, and it was probably continuing on that ball's line, but I'm enjoying having Dad the intellectual here so much, and I'm going to keep this very quick, is that maybe I am too much of a ball snob in that this one game of golf, my recovery game of golf that I played with a very dear friend of mine, and I noticed after about 10 holes, because his shots weren't pulling up that well on the greens, it'd be fair to say, <laughs> he was using a two-piece soft what I'm going to describe as a value golf ball. And I said to him, what are you using that for? He said, because I always use this brand. I said, yeah. But- name names, Phil. He said, what I always use Callaway. And he does. He's used Callaway for a couple of years. But he's using a super soft. He plays off eight and he's using a super soft, wondering why the ball's not sticking. I said, you know that ball is just designed to be played as a provisional. <laughs> and he then referred to me as Not a ball first snob. First time I've heard that. <laughs> he referred to me as a ball snob. And when I attempted to give him the Corona ball, oh. Damo, I, um, he said, oh, look, maybe I'll switch in a couple of holes, but this ball hasn't done anything wrong by me other than the fact that it hasn't stopped and I'm now three up. <laughs> and I wondered, maybe I'm just too much of a ball snob where well, I we actually know you put are. too much importance on golf ball. Yeah, we, well, we know we know you're a golf snob, but there's nothing wrong with being a snob occasionally, surely. I'm a ball snob. I'm not. A, I am. Yes, I'm a golf snob, but I didn't realise the height of my golf ball snobbery. Not only will I throw these balls back that I would never use once I find them, as I did again with a Steve Strickson ball on the first hole whilst looking for my wayward drive, following another random swing theory. But I, I do throw them deeper into the trees because there are balls that I will use and balls that I will not use, as discovered when we played rural golf for golf barons. Even then, I had to use a high performance. That's why you're such an outstandingly brilliant golfer, Phil. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my point. Because these, these, these things are great for your short These things are great for your short game, which is clearly the highlight of your <laughs> your arsenal. That's right. Yeah. I leave bigger smiles on them. <laughs> is there is there any is there any rule against changing a ball on 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 a hole? So you, during you made, the hole, yes, there is. Yes. So, so if you, you make it to the green, you pick. You have to finish with that ball, or can you? Yes, pick a ball up and put a different ball down. No, use the same ball you started with. Well, that needs to change. Um, unless you've lost. Change. And in fact, <laughs> Dev, you you really your game changes are awesome. In fact, even in the Ryder Cup, <clears throat> and you can ask. Oh no, we can't. But but there was a huge dispute with Seve and Paul Azinger at the time Azinger. around the fact that they changed the compression of their ball. So even during the Ryder Cup, during a round. You can't, you can't even change the compression of a ball. If you start – this is going back in the good old days, but if you start a round with a, let's say, a Pro V1, you must finish the game with a Pro V1. You can't even change to a Pro V1X right, okay. during a round of right. during a round of comp- sorry, elite competition golf. Or yeah, golf. yeah. But for us, you know what? Which I is all that I we play. And find so many balls. That, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Which is all that we play, Phil. Oh, yeah. If, you, if, oh, if you could, would it make a difference? Yes. Oh, of course it would, yeah. You just use a long rock off the tee that you just – all you want is distance. Just hit it as far as you can get and then, and then just change it up. it up to a high-spinning ball when you come into the greens. Soft. I thought, well, there's – well, be my game changer for next there week. There you go. That's going to be my game changer next week. <laughs> change, you can change the clubs. You can change the ball. You know, if you can change – Yeah, just make it a, make it a free-for-all. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, is there any other my ideas of mine you're planning on stealing, Deb? Let me just go through them now. But anyway, that's my that's my gear effect was just my ball snobbery, not about talking about technology or anything else, but but just the fact that I can't let go of my snobbery. And I don't think as anyone else cares as much as I do, so I probably have to move on. Yes, you probably do. And speaking of moving on, I'm going to give throw mine out there. Mine's more of a question for you guys this week. Would you rather, that's off the back of this little gimmicky event that we saw the golf event, Phil, over at Seminole. Would you rather pull a buggy or carry your bag? I know this is a debate that has, has raged for quite some time. Does one does one have more of an effect on your body than the other? Carrying a bag's heavier. <laughs> Thanks no, for your support on that one, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> you needed it. Does it have more of an effect on your body, though, in terms of the pulling? Because, Phil, we, I mean, several years ago now we, when we, we spoke about the um, motorised carts with uh, who was a power caddy, I think it was, and how they had done some studies around how much less of an impact they had on your body to, you know, from the pulling and the pushing rather than, you know, you have the ele- just the electric run of the buggy. But if you're carrying it, yes, there's a physical weight there, but if it's an, an evenly distributed weight and it's obviously the weight is taken more on your legs, does that have more of an effect on the, I suppose, your upper body's the, the components of the swing that are most affected? I think it would only be from a fatigue point of view and, and whilst you're walking with the double strap, on your back and the bag's evenly balanced, you've got no issue. The problem is actually putting the bag on and off your shoulder. It's going to put that stress on your body. Yeah, sure. So you think so – you think, so it's actually the lifting. So you'd pull a buggy is what the answer to the question would be. I, w- I would choose a buggy unless I knew that they were covered in COVID markings as per those golf balls. <laughs> and I would pull a buggy unless I had a caddy who are really just glorified pack horses anyway. So, Well, um, this is what I was getting to. Could this be the end <laughs> of the caddies? <laughs> <laughs> All roads well, lead well, to getting pros, the caddies fell. <laughs> well, if you look at even the Tropo Tour or some of the smaller parts of the Australian Tour here, often a, a golf pro will choose to caddy for themselves or just pull their own buggy. And in fact, I think the Queensland Open or Queensland PGA might have been won by Michael Sim, who was just pulling his own bag along as he played. Or maybe that's completely incorrect, but it wouldn't be the first time that I'd misquoted some information in support of a, an argument. But let's give them GPSs, rangefinders, and buggies. And let's speed the game up. Hey, it all comes back to that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> See, I, I, I'd, I'd, always, I'd always carry a bag because I think when I'm going to play a game of golf, I think well, I'm not going to play well, so I may as well get a decent workout out of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very, but that's a very US centric style style of um, golf as well. That they they look at us as as morons for pulling a buggy, and they might be right. There's actually a massive shift though in the US back to push and pull buggies, which is fantastic about getting people out there and getting them more active as opposed to riding in carts. Because if you look at the average stature of those riding in carts, mm. I mean, they're elite athletes. So it's, it's one thing that you could actually line, you could line <laughs> people up against a wall and say, you're more likely, uh, based on the survey of the guy who rang Dad the other week, you are, are you more or less likely to take a cart during this round? Are you more or less likely to feign an ankle injury work experience kid so you can get a medical certificate so that you can take a cart up to the old course at the National? You know, everyone has their, everyone Everyone has their little differences. Well, and, and the other the other reason why I carry a bag as well is uh, you fellas know me quite well, and the last thing I need when I have a scheduled tea time is one more thing to get set up. <laughs> I need to just get my bag out of the car and run is what I need to do. Not known for your punctuality. <laughs> carry your camera equipment, Dev. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like it would be a performance-enhancing thing to do there, Phil. <laughs> Dev? Any gear effects? Well, for you? you know, I, I I've done a bit of work in the bodybuilding <laughs> realm, so I'm, I'm I'm quite familiar with gear as as an effect. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I, I, I have wondered this week about the use of performance-enhancing medications in the game of golf, but specifically around nootropics. Now, nootropics, for those that don't know, is is becoming uh, quite a, a it's, it's the world of, let's call them supplements, designed to enhance mental stamina, energy, let's call them, let's call them, you know, minute doses of amphetamines. Let's call them that. <laughs> <laughs> is that because that's what they are? How do they Some, differ sometimes. from tropics? Sometimes. <laughs> N-double-O, new, new tropics. <laughs> so, there's a lot of corporates are taking these things to stay up, get by without sleep and, and perform in the workplace mentally from a mental stamina standpoint. And from a focus standpoint, so supreme attention and managing arousal levels. So I think you know again, so these like, things are legal. Dad. These things no, are legal. The, well, well. <laughs> I think you've answered the question. <laughs> well, I think so. so it's, like it's they, 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 well, there's an un- there's an umbrella of of different types of things. So they they serve that purpose. So there's certainly some things that are not legal, but there are certainly some things that that are legal. But I think that in the world of sport, I mean, you know, like testosterone is is not illegal by its definition. It's not like a, a recreational drug, it's, but it's, it's enhanced. But it's performance enhancing, so it's a banned substance in the sporting world. So I wonder whether golf needs to think about whether there are these some of these substances that some of these golfers might be taking that that may not be on prohibited lists. To you know, improve their you know, improve their mental stamina, improve their yeah. attention, calm their arousal levels, slow, slow them down, slow their heart rate. The, the, well, the beta well, blockers, See, beta well, they're the beta, beta blockers. The yeah, beta blockers are a performance enhancing drug, and that but they they have an impact on you physiologically, maybe not mentally or from a, a neurological standpoint. I mean, with, if we're talking about, you know, tra- neurotransmitters and, and, and enhancing the production and, and preventing the reuptake of some of these things, you know, discuss. Dave, I don't want to <laughs> dumb this down, but this might be my only chance of getting those 15 blokes out the front in Harleys to go away. <laughs> what I'm going to suggest is that outlaw motorcycle clubs are actually just trying to heighten their arousal awareness levels whilst they're at work in dealing with these new tropics. Uh, it's been so um, good knowing And this, so yeah. really that's what they've been trying to import for some time and distribute is to encourage a more effective workplace. So what you're actually suggesting- The cognitive enhancers is what they're called. Cognitive enhancers. They're mental masters. Cognitive enhancers. Mental masterminds. I mean, they, they are, their productivity is through the roof, I can tell you right now, because the rubber <laughs> that is being left at the front of my house, and if I'm really quiet, I'm sure you can hear it, you know, there's never been this much rubber ever left on the road before. And if, if that is not a sign of productivity increase, I don't know what is. So I'm fully with you. I'm fully supportive and willing to give evidence. Look, plenty of them are just amino acids. Plenty of them, you know, I think we will, you'll, there, are, there are peptides that are probably in this space. That improve cognitive performance. I guess it comes down to Dave. It's pretty. It's pretty simple one though. If it's not on a banned list, then surely it's fine. Well, is, well is, are we t- not- t- tell that to Stephen can- Dank. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we not? Can, can, is it? Can we not get to that until if and when it is put on a list that they can no longer use these things? Then isn't that up to the administrators to determine? Well, uh, the question I have is: Do, do you see a benefit in a cognitive enhancing? 
substance yeah, in the game of golf. If you, if you can have something in golf that, that calms you down and helps you relax, slows your heart rate down so you, you're, not, you know, you're not pacing so fast, of course it's going to be beneficial. We're going to have to go with bifurcation again, aren't we, Damo? Because I've got a guy, Dr. Joseph Parent, who would argue that breathing <laughs> exercises are about mind yeah, control. Yeah, and that's it. But even then, so, so that's the thing, Dave. How much of it is something that you put into yourself and something that you can create within yourself that makes one makes it okay compared to the other? And I guess well, that's, that's, the, that's a debate that could go on for quite some time. But yeah. Well, I mean, in the case of nootropics, it's certainly something that you're putting in yourself that has a physiological effect, but it, it takes place in the brain as opposed to in the muscles or in the, in the body or, or it's yeah. something. You know, okay. But what about, what about dopamine, Dave? Well, that's a, that's a neurotransmitter. Oh, God, I knew he'd have a proper answer for it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have dopamine already. It's just... But that's just my point, though. You, you can create, you can do things to enhance your dopamine levels and yeah. therefore, you know, make your mood better, make help you relax, help you do all sorts of different things. You can also is take a drug a called MDMA. That there's a is, that a, is that a performance? <laughs> but you're hearing what I'm saying. Is that a, is that a performance-enhancing thing? So no, I guess, I, just, I, I, guess that's, I guess that's like... That's like lifting weights in the gym to increase your physical performance as opposed to taking growth hormone to increase your physical yeah, so performance. One's, so one's, one's taking the cheating rope, one's taking the shortcut and one's yeah. doing the- doing And one's the, doing the hard yards. Yards. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what's the, what's the thing, film? The answer's in the dirt? The secret's in the dirt. Am I the only Secrets one here it. that's got insane in the membrane playing in the yeah. background? <laughs> <laughs> insane in the brain. I love Cypress Hill. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's a love for next week. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> I was going to say my dreaming next week, Cypress Creek, which is on the, which was a course on one of the early games I had on the old Amstrad 64. Anyway, we'll move on. Very good, Dav. Getting a little bit too deep for- um, It's actually too hours. good, Dav. You're too good for this show. We're going to have to find you another show because you're beyond us. New tropics. You, New you, tropics. Sir, that, is, around it. that is around some it. kind of baronesque behavior you've brought tonight. <laughs> Phil, have you had any over the last week? You know what, I haven't, but I've just got a rant because I've just got a rant. Every now and again, I've got a rant, and I'm going with some unbaronesque. Hang, hang on, before you get, before you tell off here, is oh, this the on. third hate that you've tried to bring in under another banner? No, this is not a hate. This is unbaronesque. It's very oh. different, Damien. Is it close? It's like nootropics <laughs> and <old> versus. <laughs> Methamphetamines. <laughs> this is unbaroness behaviour. It's all about this dose. This is actually just – we had a crack – yeah, sure it is. We had a crack at Golf Australia and probably not a hard enough one a few weeks ago about standing up for the game. Mm. And I just want to have a very quick crack at the mental health lobby in Australia for not standing up strongly enough for mental health because we've got a very, very serious situation both here and all around the world but particularly in our backyard – around mental health, about the rates of youth suicide and everything else going through the roof. And they have been so silent during COVID-19 and during this whole pandemic. It's outrageous. It is doing my head in the fact that, you know, where, where is the bravado? Where is the leadership? And where is that community spirit and awareness to, to raise awareness for what is a very, very serious issue and far more serious than the pandemic? It has yep. killed in the time since we've been scared of COVID-19. More people have died of suicide and they are silent and it's getting worse, and I'm sick of it. Good Speak up. Where are you? Good on you, Phil. Very good by you. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it because things that Funny. all these organisations have become, and I'm not talking about any, you know, specifically, but is it because they've become too political, and they're, they're effectively they don't stand up, they don't stand up for what they should be standing up for purely because they think, oh, we're not going to get the money here for funding for this or that. Is, is, am I too cynical if the, in saying that? 
I, I don't know. I, I'm super cynical because I have not seen a press release, a comment or anything from anyone at Beyond Blue in the whole time of this pandemic. And I'm not just pointing the finger at them. But, but you know, they want to be in a leadership yeah, a position bit. in the space. Oh, yeah, of course I am. But they <laughs> want to be in a leadership position in the mental health space. So lead the mental health space and, and demand that we're allowed to get kids back to school so they can socialise, not so they can learn. Demand that we can get on the golf course so that yeah. we can be free, free and and talk and discuss, not not out of fear. And and this physical versus mental is is striking true again. And and obviously it's spot very close to my heart. But you know to have something described, the physical can be explained away. And I'm going to give you a quote, and then we'll get on with things. But but someone very close to me was once told when regarding a mental illness is that effort. It's not like you've got cancer. Well. I'm fairly sure it is, and thanks for your feedback. <laughs> Yet the medical lobby has been in full swing and the mental health lobby has been silent, and I, 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 I'm really disappointed, frankly, and that's I just needed to say it because no, Are I, You OK Day is every day, people. It's every bloody day. Absolutely, Phil. I, I love your passion on this, mate. And I, I must admit, I've got, we've got a, fr- I've got, well, a close friend of ours who this could not apply to more, and the whole golf being shut, for example. He, he's really struggled the last couple of weeks. We've had a few times where we've had to have some pretty serious chats with him. And I noticed today he was out playing golf and his spirits have yes. changed in a heartbeat. And, I, and I'm, I don't mean to use the emotion to, to sort of push that point, but it is so obvious how much more this game means to people than just a bloody hit and giggle that Dan Andrews try, tries to tell us that it is. It's just, oh, you can oh, just give away your – well, don't worry if you can't have your, your Wednesday – afternoon hit with your mates and blah, blah. and it, it pisses me off because it is so out of touch with what this game means to so many people and how important it is to them to freaking staying alive quite frankly and we're back now and and so it's all okay because golf's been loud and and you know everything's back and everything's nice and rosy but it's six weeks of, of build-up of stress we've seen domestic violence go through the roof and all these other the key markers that talk about the mental preparedness of society and also the, their ability to deal with issues like this and really the decision was made on the basis of oh no we feel it's a little bit of an uppity sport and I know Classism. You know. Yep. But, but, but what's the alternative, just to play devil's advocate? Because no, please oh, do. Be, well, because because please do. I, I mean, the, the the suicide please rate in Australia has probably risen more than well, would definitely have risen more than the death rate. But that's only because the death rate was was successfully kept so low because of the strategies that you're arguing against. Now I, I sorry, I, I, sorry, are you talking? Sorry, Dav, I've lost you. Are you talking about the death rate from COVID nineteen or death rate from? Yeah, I'm suicide? talking about yeah, yeah, from COVID nineteen. So I'm saying like the death rate, like the, the increase in suicides as a result of mental health issues that have stemmed from being in lockdown. Those that, that, those numbers wouldn't do they not? They wouldn't be applicable they, in say not, the United States. But do those numbers, Dav, do they not apply to COVID nineteen? That's what I'm. What, that's what I'm saying. What do you mean? No, sorry. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is if, if you're saying that we've been able to prevent a lot of COVID-19 deaths because we've stopped, yes. we've stopped, you know, we've because shut down we- golf and shut down all these other things and, and all the, mm. the things that have been put in place. What I'm yes. saying is that's easy to say they haven't died of COVID-19, but they may have died because of COVID-19 and, and the lockdowns that have been put in place because of it. So why do they not apply to the disease? I still don't understand what you're <laughs> For what you're saying, you know I don't speak. You know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> no, no, so, so Dev, Dev, to your point. So, yes, yes, measures were taken to prevent a much higher death toll, 
and 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 a, and, a, and obviously a a a level of of stress and demand on our health system. Yeah. So my point was not about the measures that were taken to prevent the death toll. My point was that yes. the mental health lobby has been has done silent. nothing. Correct. And and they should be speaking up. No, I think I'm I, with you. Know you. What I applaud Australia. Australia global leadership yeah. comes in many forms, and in this regard, it was it was global leadership. The difference being is that golf, being the most socially isolating sport in the history of the world, yeah. was just not allowed because our premier plays golf, and he didn't want to be seen to be part of the <laughs> uppity upper class, as opposed to the fact that golf is played by everybody. And I know we've banged on about that yeah, enough. Yeah, no, I think that's – But my point really was I mental health. Reasonable. Speak up. I, I, I expected quote after quote in every day saying, yeah. be aware of this. It's coming. It's coming. There's a scourge coming uh, and there's just been nothing. And I, I just think – Well, and the fact, that, the, the fact that there wasn't a strategy for that to, to coincide with the strategy for preventing COVID deaths is – well, at least at least a, a public one that I ever heard of. So yeah, I look I, I definitely agree with that with that argument. But keep the horse racing industry alive because, you know, no, there's no mental health issues related with gambling anyway. No, no, no. Just finally all. sporting clubs sporting clubs associations and all the rest of it got an increase in funding of hundred and fifty million dollars. Mental health got fifty million. Mm, that's crazy. So anyway, I, my rant is done. Phew, I feel interesting. Okay, so that, yeah, Phil, I'm not even going to touch my Baroness baby because I can't. I, I just I can't go. I'll bring it up another time. Where I'm not going on after that. We're going to move on. What's your other thing, Phil? Oh no, my other thing. No, it's actually just an aside of wondering whether Dev and his eight meter quickster net stays up <laughs> post COVID. I just wonder whether this idea of practicing at home has whether become habitual, it, yeah. or whether they've only just tasted and they're going to pack everything up and just say golf's back. I'm I'm done. Oh, oh well, I have a large patch of. AstroTurf in my backyard that I am seriously considering digging a couple of a couple of holes so it's practice to practice my putting. My, my I'm going to my backyard is going to become a a golf <laughs> training facility. <laughs> you, you have not discussed this with your wife, have you? <laughs> she, well, one day she'll be walking around in the backyard and she will sprain her ankle on my new uh, my new golf hole that is in the backyard. It's it's perfect for it. And followed I, by where's that tree gone? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, that's just the hazard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not able to play the game because I have two small children and I film the game quite a bit more than I play it. And that's just the reality. <laughs> and I'm happy with that so- reality. But I do want, I do like playing. And if I can't get to, if I can't find the necessary four hours to play even nine holes, because it takes me four hours to play nine holes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the eight meter quick to range net out. It'll take me an hour to set up and away I go. <laughs> but Phil, I'll throw it back at you. Have you been doing a bit of training at home? Uh, mind training. Oh, okay. So you want random swing theory. So mine's all been mental. I've got nowhere to, I haven't, I haven't picked up a putter. I've got a, one of those training aid bloody thingy me jigs that I was trying that you swing, but you don't hit golf balls with mm-hmm. that switch trainer, but, or twitch trainer. Sorry. But, but I don't have, I haven't hit a, touched a putter. Okay. Now see, I look at my house and go, it, it won't be there forever because there's nothing, nothing compares to the real the real thing itself. But what will happen or what will remain within our house is I've been playing, having these putting competitions with my elders around the house, putting towards things in different rooms and playing, playing 18 holes and uh, how many putts, like basically playing match play golf. Dave, that's where. No, I won't. Hey, <laughs> well, well, so we've and- had, we've had rural golf. We've had urban golf. We need suburban golf. 
the suburban goal. But I'm, I'll be honest, that'll be a game that stays in our house. And I think I'm a better putter for it. Not that I've been back out on the course. I think I've become a, <laughs> I genuinely think I've become a better putter for it, though. Other than speed's going to have to be a bit, bit interesting because the, uh, the ply on the old carpet's slightly thicker than most greens I play on. But, <laughs> but I really think it's a, it's a great idea to, to teach technique to the youngsters, but also it's that whole 10,000 hours thing, isn't it? Just, Practice and practice and practice and practice and and you'll eventually tune yourself, uh, you know, tune it in. So I think it will fill for a lot of people. Whether the backyard stuff will, who knows? Every every time I've tried to incorporate visualization throughout my sporting career, I've always thought of that scene from The Simpsons when is is a Bart Simpson's not allowed to watch TV, so he says nothing competes with the imagination of a small boy, and then you look into his head, and it's just him standing there looking into space. looking at his watch when i think about visualization it just never seems to to be, to be the same and i just think of myself which is which, looking which back is at really myself going, some, who are really you really strange for someone who's as creative as you are Deb. you're an <laughs> yeah. oxymoron well i mean hey. i don't think I, I don't think of visualization as creativity i think of it as 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 trying to simulate witchcraft a, a, yeah a, <laughs> Or remove <laughs> remove the witch. It's it's simulating simulation of craft. There's no artistry in it. There's no art. It's just craft. Okay, very good, Dev. We can talk um, about that next week. Spe- speaking of witchcraft, <laughs> it's time for crystal balls. And well, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know if you have any predictions that uh, that you've got for the near or distant future. Well, I have gazed into my crystal balls, Dino, and I've Andrew gazed. Here's what here's what I see happening in the future is that we golf barons are going to sign an agreement Ooh, with like agreeing. a major TV or streaming player. I'm not exactly sure who it is or who it might be yet uh, for the golf barons show. You you oh that sounds oh that's a that's foxy. I like that. That's cool. The only problem with that, Phil, is when things have already been done. It's not really a prediction. What this was my one chance of actually getting it right. <laughs> Where were you two weeks ago? <laughs> oh, for you, seriously. No, there's um, what's your space? There, there may or may not be a press release coming out about that. So, <laughs> good. Not really a great crystal ball, Phil. Is there something you know that I don't that I do? Yeah, this, the, the the thing that you signed, but we'll, we'll talk about it off air. Oh, right. um, oh, was that my name? <laughs> that was yes. Now, my predi- my prediction is that now that tool players have realised they can carry bags. <laughs> that's not that hard. Uh, caddies will become redundant, Phil, on the PGA and European tours, and those tours will announce the use of a caddy as eh, kind of optional. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Co- it already optional? COVID is uh, – I'm actually not sure about that. I'm pretty sure they have to have them <laughs> on those tours, do they not? I'm, I'm reasonably sure I could be wrong, but it's fair to Are say – Are you reasonably co- sure you could be wrong? I'm reasonably sure on both accounts. <laughs> COVID is not pro caddies, it, it would seem. Another th- another prediction I'd like to see, this is more a like than a natural prediction, is I'd like to see tour pros play a charity event using their own money and then telling everyone else to donate theirs. Yeah, that, that's just not going to happen. But <laughs> no, one thing is we were talking about earlier on, what would happen if Joe LaCarva says, Tiger says, I'm going to take the anti-COVID vaccine, no problem, I'll play, and Joe LaCarva is caddy, says, no, nah, no good for me. Tiger says, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a quick decision. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There you go. Anyway, that's outstanding. Golf dreaming. Let's move along. Oh. We've, uh, we're dragging our tails. Dragging our tails. Talk about a mixed metaphor. We're dragging our heels. <laughs> no, I like the dragging our tails. 
It's about that time of the night. So golf dreaming, this is a bit of a golf dreaming. We normally talk about spectacular, or I do, normally spectacular places that, that would just blow my mind. But this is one that about getting back to the roots of golf, and I don't mean the roots of golf in terms of where golf started or Scotland or otherwise. I'm talking about the roots of golf, par three golf course. We're going to Compton. Compton. And we're going to go and play Compton. Are we going straight out of Compton or straight into Compton? We're going straight out of Compton. We're in California. Straight into sure. Compton. We're going to Compton Boulevard and we're going to play the Compton Par 3 Golf Course. We are in California. We're going to play holes yes, named yes. after the greats. <laughs> we're going to play the first hole is the Chuck D. And the second hole is the Ice Cube. We've got the Kendrick Lamar. We've got the easy. You're the easy whitest easy. black man I've ever met. Phil. <laughs> uh, I just I grew up with it and I love it. But uh, Compton Par Three Golf Course. It, it's eleven or uh, thirteen hundred yards long. It's just nice and open, but amazing to just get back to the simplicity of the game. It's a, so it's effectively a pitch and putt. Type course, is it? It's just a pitch and putt. Well, for me, drive a wedge, but it's a pitch and putt <laughs> for for most people. The longest hole is 146 yards, but just nice and easy, five or six bucks to have a round of golf and just a simple, you know, where where the game, in, in its essence, started. It's just getting around and enjoying company and not worrying too much about the condition of things. Dav, you'll love where we're eating. Where are we eating? We're going to Bloodzo, Bloodzo's Barbecue, Dav. Oh, bring it. Yes. Bring it for on. Angus beef. Angus B-B-Q. beef ribs, mac and cheese. Oh, short, short beef, short ribs. Well, they only have, but they only serve them on weekends because they've just got to be just oh, right. Short ribs are my favourite. And we're going to wash it down with a pint of the Elder Double IPA from the Russian River Brewing yep. Company. You got me. You um, got me with that. So, so that is just going to be a cracking little round of golf. I don't care where we stay, but just you get to travel all the way over there with a wedge. Well, me drive a wedge, but you guys just a wedge, a couple of balls, maybe a COVID ball. And just relax and play golf and enjoy the basics. I hear there's a the I hear there's a there's a, bu- a famous bunker at that course called the Robert Van Winkle. <laughs> there's, a van- there's a vanilla ice joke for you there, fellas. If you <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Yes, dreaming. Excellent. I know I got it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the problem the problem is, Dave, that Phil laughs silently. He's one of those silent laughs. Laughs. Over silent laughs. So so whenever whenever you hear these massive. <laughs> Dead, <laughs> dead air on podcast. This is why I need you here, because when it's just dead air out here, people don't know. It feels rolling around, but you don't hear it because it's like he's got emphysema. It's just <laughs> in the background. I'm not giving you nothing. I'm pissing myself, <laughs> <laughs> and he's laughing as well. Goodbye, you. Goodbye, you, Phil. I'm going to get thrown to my golf dreaming. I too am going a little bit more modest again. Coming back to that appreciation of the game, that it doesn't need to be all the bells and whistles. It just needs to be brilliant. And we're heading to a West Branch in Michigan for a dream and a nightmare. Stay with me on this. There's a course there, Phil. Dav, it's called the Dream Course. You reckon you want to play that? This is in northern Michigan. It was literally carved out of like how many over 300 acres of hardwoods just literally just to make the course. So, bang, in the middle of nowhere almost. Just, yep, this will do. Boom. Carved it out. It makes it one of the most secluded rounds you'll find anywhere in the world. Got these towering hardwoods that they direct you to the end point on every hole. It's like they, they channel you to where you're going. It's open. It's inviting. It's beautifully conditioned. It's just just a proper fun golf round. It was built by brothers Tom and Dan Courtmonch, and it was designed by Jeff Gorney. And this guy's designed around 20 courses just in Michigan alone. Um, now, it, it opened back in 97. The brothers wanted their own golf course. They wanted it ever since they were kids because they watched their father, Art, 
build Green Hills Golf Course, which you might have heard of in Michigan. And that was back in the early 70s. So they always wanted to have this course, have a course to themselves. And they finally got their hands on this one. And more recently, they they found another place not far away, about a, about a mile up the road, that they've built another course, and that's called the Nightmare Course. Sounds difficult, but it's actually pretty similar to the Dream Course. In fact, it's arguably more open, kind of easier. Just bloody love it. We're playing both these courses, boys. We're going out there. We're going to. We're not going to lose a ball. We're not. We, we could play. We could take one Corona ball with us. We would. We would end up with it, and we'd have an awesome round. <laughs> we do, we're going to drinks. More importantly, we're going to visit the Highway Brewing Company, which is just up the road. Uh, we're going to indulge in a range of their handcrafted beers and cocktails. You've got the Chief Chief Ogmanor IPA. This is a session IPA, sort of earthy, piney, citrusy feel. Very, actually, pretty similar to, to the one that you were mentioning. For those who are into their hops, like my good self, they're dry hopped with Columbus and Cascade hops. So that kind of classic IPA style. There's also Hobo City Milk Stout that they do. That's apparently unbelievable. You boys, stout boys, anyone? I'm just stuck on the hops. I was thinking it's um, a basketball reference. <laughs> oh, dear God. This thing's uh, – seriously, this milk stout, smooth, creamy, rich sort of hints of chocolate from the, from the beautiful malt that's just uh, magic on a, on a cooler day. But this one's probably for you, Phil, the Angry Bride Amber Ale. This thing, this thing has a lovely <laughs> bit, of, <laughs> bit of honey sweetness to it on a really forward Amber Ale style uh, and hoppiness just to balance it out. Anyway, they've got eating nothing extravagant. It's just going to be kind of better than average pub meal style stuff, but something you know Angus and Angus and sirloin burgers and other Midwestern inspired dishes here. It, it, more to the point, it's about getting away back to back to sort of root style golf, West Branch, Michigan. We're bloody dreaming of you. Golf, beers, and grub. What more could we want, boys? I, I hear that the Nightmare Course has more elms though than hardwoods. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, boom, boom. Oh, That's outstanding by you. Toughest and- hole, Dev, toughest hole on the course, the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> It'll rip you apart. <laughs> Tear you oh. to shreds. Oh, you'll have a horror around there. <laughs> the- Gents, we're going to ditch the history lesson, Phil, this week, if you don't mind your fabulous what? feud. I know you've got a good fabulous feud, but we're running out of time. We've, we've uh, prattled on a little bit more than usual. So we're going to close. On that, we end this week's Tenuous Links Golf Podcast. Special thanks to today's sponsor, the new Adidas Code Chaos Pandemonium in Shoes. Be sure to check out our new golf show, Golf Barons Season 1, via the website at baronslife.com. Free to all for a limited time and only for a little while longer. Thanks again for listening, Barons. Stay safe and add some swagger to your swings.